Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Behind the Books. We're happy to have you with us for this episode. Uh, Anna, you know, normally in the beginning of our of each podcast, we talk about something that's coming up or something that's just happened, but you know, this episode, we have two interviews that we're really looking forward to. They're chock full of information, both from our staff guest, Brielle Papaccio, from the West Windsor Youth Services Branch, and our author guest, Sadia Faruqi, children's author. But there were two interviews that we did, and, and we enjoyed them, so we're going to keep our, our talk to a minimum here so that we can get into those interviews a little quicker than normal. I do agree that we, you know, like, don't worry for those listeners who love our little chit chat. We will get, we will do some talking in the middle and we'll definitely kind of talk about the two interviews at the end. But I do agree. I think we should go ahead and move into our interview with Brielle Papaccio from the West Windsor branch. Welcome to this segment of Behind the Books, where we take the time to talk with a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have the great pleasure to talk with Brielle Papaccio, who is a youth services librarian at the West Windsor branch. Brielle, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you for interviewing me. So Brielle, if I am correct, or I hope you let me know if I'm wrong, um, your position at West Windsor is somewhat unique. Like we've talked with other youth services librarians, but I believe that you have a focus uh, specifically, probably not specifically, but that there is somewhat of a focus with the teenage demographic. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, the unique nature of this position is what led me to apply to it. I applied to several different uh, libraries and this was kind of like the top goal to shoot for and I got it so I was really excited. <laughs> and what is it about the position that excited you coming into it? Um, so I am a youth services librarian so I do help with the younger children grade school and under. Um, I do one story time a month that was uh, a part of the job description uh, which I was more than happy to do because I hadn't really done too much with the younger kids previously and I wanted to be more well-rounded as a librarian. So I do songs and stories, which I did today. We do it every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Uh, that's for ages two to five, roughly. Uh, so I bring out my ukulele, we sing a little bit, we dance a little bit, and then I read a story and we do a craft. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. They're, we're really excited about it. I'm really glad that um, the parents are taking to it. Caitlin has kind of taught me everything I know in terms of the kids in our community here at West Windsor. She is, as I like to put it, a one-woman PBS kids show. <laughs> uh, she's amazing at what she does. So she's been a really great supervisor and inspiration for when it comes to children's programming. But I do have a focus on the teen programming. So teens and tweens, like 11 to 18. Um, I do all of our teen programming and I'm in charge of the collection here at West Windsor. Before you started working at the West Windsor branch, was that your primary experience with that teen and tween uh, demographic? Yes. So my first sort of librarian's job, I was a library technician at Mercer County College. And then I was 
well, if I want to back up further, I started in the library as a circulation assistant with OCL, Ocean County Library System. And I was a circus assistant at like four to five different branches over the course of three to four years. This was during uh, the end of my undergrad going into my master's. Then I was library tech um, at MCC. And then I went back to OCL for a little while and I was a teen librarian in Lakewood for about six months. It's nice to, too to have that focus because I feel like the kids who are in that tween teen age group because that's where you really want to keep them involved with reading and, and getting them to continue what they've done when they were younger. Yes, absolutely. When I was going back for my master's, I knew I wanted to be a YA librarian, like already immediately going back into it. If I had gone into teaching, I would have wanted to have been a, a high school teacher. And whenever I say that to people, they look at me like I have three heads and they're like, you want to work with the teens? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I do. I really like that age group. It's a hard age. You go through a lot in your life. I'm incredibly empathetic to you know, just tweens and teens in general, because I still keep in mind what I went through as a child. Uh, my family did a bit of moving around when I was in middle school and high school. So in order to make friends, I went to the library and I joined the anime club at our library. The friends I made there, I'm still friends with today. They were in my bridal party. <laughs> so it's like, I want to be able to create a welcoming and fun environment and do fun programming for tweens and teens. Like I want to give back what I had from when I was younger. Well, I think, um, you know, we've interviewed Robert B, who is the branch manager at West Windsor, and it seems like he gives a lot of freedom and opportunity for the staff there to kind of run with their ideas. Um, so when you kind of walk into that environment, that can be kind of overwhelming, right? Because there's all this opportunity. Do you have some like things that you're working on? I mean, I know you've been here during the summer reading program, which is crazy, but now, you know, like things have marinated a little bit. So kind of what are some things that you've got stirring up in the pot? So I've already changed some stuff over in the collection. Um, I noticed that our graphic novels were shelved with adult nonfiction but I felt like it, they got lost in the weeds a little bit. And I find that items circulate way better when they're set out like a little bookstore and when they're at the forefront of the collection. So I shifted the whole collection forward, <laughs> which was a big sweaty project. And then I went through and I pulled and relabeled all of our uh, YA manga and graphic novels, as well as some illustrated nonfiction. Because sometimes it's easier for the kids to read nonfiction when it's more digestible in a visual nature. And some of those illustrated nonfiction were actually on the West Windsor Plainsboro School District uh, summer reading list. So it was even more of a, a reason to pull the graphic novels and have them be their own section. I've noticed, too, that not just with the, the teens, it also maybe even a little bit younger. The graphic novels have really, over the last few years, really taken off in popularity, right? They, You see more and more coming into the branches, and then you see more and more going out, out of the branches because people have really grasped onto those. Graphic novels are a really great way of um, bringing in slightly reluctant leader, readers and also bridging the gap between upper J and lower Y. So that, that tween age is sometimes more 
likely to read graphic novels and start getting into more mature topics through that visual nature that they have to offer. This is something I always think about with the teenagers um, and the tweens, more so the teenagers. Is I think it's such a hard group to um, to entice right into the library. What are some of those things you've been working on? Um, so I've just been trying to figure out types of programming um, as well as just talking to them more. I mean, Yalsa says that our greatest resource as YA librarians is just talking to the teens. If you just ask them what they want and what they want to see in the library, they're usually pretty willing to talk to you. <laughs> um, everyone's so scared of them, but it's, it's okay. They're a little scared of us too. They just want to be included. Having a teen space in the library is so important. We do so much in youth services, and I'm not saying that's not great. I, I love it. And we do a lot with adults, but then where does everybody in between go? And if you don't have a designated space that like yells, this is for teens, you're safe here, then, then they're not likely to come into the branch. So part of it is revamping the collection. Some of it is moving some furniture around and, and redecorating a little bit, which I have. Some of it is trying to do new programs and just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> I was just going to say, I do think that's part of it is just creating that space for them. Um, and that's something that we've talked about is I think, you know, you have the space there, the welcoming space, and it could be a D&D &D gathering. It could be a manga club. It could, as long as that space is there and you're creating that for them, I think that's half the battle, really. So I've been trying to make it my point to to really revamp the space here in West Windsor and make it more inviting and more teen friendly. I have an interactive bulletin board this month that is coming to a close, but I'm gonna do the same thing next month as well, uh, where I have which Ed wrote this and it's quotes from Edgar Allan Poe and Ed Sheeran. And then you have to vote which lyric goes to which guy. And you'd be really surprised. Ed Sheeran gets kind of dark sometimes and they would say it's Edgar Allan Poe and it's not. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I am such a fan of the um, the interactive bulletin boards. And I love that because you're engaging with them. One of the things I want before we let you go is that we had talked a little bit about, I know that the West Windsor has the public speaking series coming up for teenagers. Um, and I think that's such a fabulous uh, service resource to offer um, because we were all kind of talking. I have two kids, they're both teenagers, and I don't think either one of them have ever taken a public speaking class. Can you speak a little bit about that uh, that's coming up at the West Windsor branch? Yeah, so um, one of the wonderful things we do here is that our teen volunteers have the opportunity of teaching or leading a program. Uh, they can submit a proposal and then they basically lead a children's program. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> so one of our teen volunteers did a public speaking program with the little kids. And it was so amazingly popular that I got several parents asking me about a similar program for the teens. Uh, so then I looked into outreach in terms of getting somebody to come in and, and do a presentation. Since I have connections still at Mercer County Community College, I reached out to the professors there and I got a hold of Kate uh, Carnivale. And she said that you'd be surprised how many of her freshmen really have no public speaking skills. She's absolutely ecstatic to come do a presentation in our branch. So it's a two part presentation where she goes over the skills you need 
uh, in the first half. And then the second half is actually practicing. So she's going to have the kids come up and, and actually give like a little small speech. Um, I'm very excited for it. Uh, I had a mom ask me about it on the phone the other day. And I said, you know, it's, it's because of interested parents and suggestions like yours that encourages us as librarians to look into further resources. And she was so appreciative, so, so encouraging. She was like, oh, the library is such a wonderful thing. You guys have such great resources. You do so much for the kids. This is going to be amazing. And I said, it's all thanks to, you know, the community and folks like you. So if it wasn't for those interested parents and kids, we wouldn't be having this program. Oh, the dates, <laughs> I probably should say, um, are September 29th and October 5th. Well, I love that you're listening to, that you're talking, like you said, you're talking with the teens, you're talking with the parents, and you are such a welcome addition to the West Windsor Library, which of course reflects upon the whole Mercer County Library system. So Brielle, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to talk with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. Welcome back, everyone, to the next segment of Behind the Books, where we talk about some of the programs that we have coming up in the Mercer County Library System. Thanks so much to Brielle Papaccio for taking the time to talk to us about her work over at the West Windsor Branch and what she's been doing in the Youth Services Department. So, Anna, before you get into some of the programs that we'll have coming up over the next couple of weeks, we did want to remind our patrons that we will be closed on Tuesday, October 3rd for a staff in service day. So all of our branches will be closed on October 3rd. I am glad you mentioned that, Bob, but I do think, um, you know, it's just a day for us to take some time to kind of hone certain skills so we can better uh, serve our communities as well. And Anna, the other thing people should be aware of is just because the physical branch is closed doesn't mean that you can't access all the other virtual things that we have out there. Maybe it's a day for you to Check out your Libby app, go on to Hoopla, you know, check out some of those virtual things. Canopy, which we now have, there's a lot out there. Just because you can't get into the physical building that day doesn't mean that you can't access our services. That's a great point, Bob. And I will make sure to add a link to our virtual branch in the show notes, but you can also access it from our website, mcl.org. Um, but I do also want to share some of the programs that are going to be taking place. We do start celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month starting September 15th, and we're having a program on Monday, September 25th at 7 in the evening, Hispanic Trailblazers and How They Changed America. And so this is going to be presented by the director of the Puerto Rican Association for Human Development Incorporated. She's going to take a look at prominent Hispanic trailblazers and many of the contributions they have given to society. And again, that is on Monday, September 25th at seven in the evening. And then kind of moving into October, uh, on Monday, October 2nd at seven in the evening, we have another program, uh, which is actually uh, focused on a famous artist, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. And the program is called Heavy Lies the Crown, the brief and brilliant career of Basquiat. So for all our Basquiat fans out there, or for those people who want to learn more about Basquiat, 
Uh, that program is taking place on Monday, October 2nd at 7 p.m. And that is going to be presented by Jane O'Neill, who is the founder of Cultural Culturally Curious, which is an arts program consulting firm specializing in art appreciation programs. These are both programs that you will need to register for to receive the link, and you can either go to our website, mcl.org, or of course, you can use our app, MyMCLSNJ, and register for the programs. Two of the many programs that we have being offered virtually, as well as a plethora of stuff that will be offered in the branches. So make sure to check out our events calendar. Plenty going on for adults, for youth, for teens. Make sure you check out what we have to offer at the branches. And as far as what we have coming up next here on Behind the Books, we have our chat with author Sadia Faruqi. Sadia Faruqi is a Pakistani-American author and interfaith activist. She writes the popular children's early reader series, Yasmin, and other books for children, including chapter books, graphic novels, and picture books. Sadia is editor-in-chief of Blue Minaret, a magazine for Muslim art, poetry, and prose. And she was featured in Oprah Magazine as a woman making a difference in her community. Her latest book, as well as her first graphic novel, Saving Sunshine came out earlier this month. Sadia, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk with you. So I'd like to start out talking about um, Saving Sunshine, which just came out um, just a couple of days ago, actually, at the time that we're recording. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's your debut middle grade graphic novel. Can you kind of tell us the inspiration to kind of delve into um, this project? I mean, I never thought I would write a middle grade novel because there's very little writing involved. Most of it is art that I'm I'm blown away by always because I have zero artistic talent. And so I really admire people that can draw well. And um, I've been writing books for a long time and, and it's never included a lot of art and except for just whatever's there to show the, the pictures like in a Yasmin book or an, in a picture book. I had started writing a story about a pair of uh, twins who were constantly fighting. And there was a lot of, it's, it's a story that has a lot of moving parts in it, a lot of things going on. And when I thought about it more and more, I realized that words couldn't really do a lot of um, justice to the story because there was a lot of, um, there's an animal in it, there's the beach in it, there's a lot of, there's space in it, there's a lot of microaggressions in it, which, you know, if you've ever read a Sadia Faruqi book in the middle grade level, you'll know that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, it does, I write issues books for older kids, and so um, the more I thought about writing it in, you know, a 400, 300 page novel, the more I realized that it would just be a ton of words and maybe not a lot of real detail and so I graphic novels are really taking off this was this was a long time ago it, it took more than three years for this this book to be created mm. so um, they always take a long time because of the art not my fault <laughs> but um, the art the art does take a long time and so when I wrote 
story graphic novels were just taking off and it was very new space. Um, and I knew I wanted to be a part of it because I know my readers love them. So I thought that let's give this a try. And the result is Saving Sunshine. Well, and I love that you talked about all these different parts that are, are you call, I said, I think you actually said moving parts oh. to it because you have siblings who don't like each other. You have um, this complicated immigrant families, um, bullying, racism, animal activism. Uh, it really is, as you said, a lot yeah. of moving parts. And so I kind of wondered about how that process was for you, like synthesizing so many of those themes. I mean, that's, I don't know if it's complicated, any more complicated than anybody's life. I mean, we, we all have those lives where there are so many different <laughs> things going on. And if you add the, the immigrant or first generation part to it, it's just part of your identity. And often it can cause a lot of um, angst, especially in younger people, especially in first generation kids, kids who are born here in the U.S. or, or whichever country their parents have immigrated to. And they they want to belong here, but often outsiders, their their friends or their their community, their neighbors, their classmates yeah. aren't really looking at them as as the same as them. And so that just it kind of like flung upon them. And it, I I write that a lot, so it's not a new thing for me. Um, you know, my other middle grade novels, Yusuf Azim is not a hero. It's it's about the, um, uh, the anniversary of 9-11 and how people are treated, certain people are treated um, because of the events of this this horrific event that happened more than 20 years ago. Yeah. And we're still dealing with the repercussions. So it's it's my wheelhouse. I like doing that. And I, I it was just, and it was easier in some ways because it was a script and I wasn't writing a whole novel, but, in the, uh, but I also had to learn how to you know, describe to the artist what I was looking for and then trust them to take over that that storytelling process. So that was interesting. Well, and there are illustrations in the Yasmin books and there's, there have been before, but this is probably a whole different animal, right? Doing it as a graphic novel. What was it like collaborating with the illustrator on this one? Totally different animal because in other books where there's art, they are helping, they're just... Um, kind of echoing the artist is echoing your words whatever's going on it's being depicted uh picture books graphic novels they're they're definitely different because the art has its own life and its own story to tell and they're supporting each other so it was a different thing for me definitely it was a, there was a learning curve I have to learn not only through how to write a script but also how to give art notes that were enough, but not too much. And um, my illustrator, uh, Shazleen Khan, she's amazing. She's British. She's also um, of South Asian heritage. She's from, her family's from Bangladesh, um, which was uh, um, a part of Pakistan a very long time ago. And um, it is, and so she shares some of those, you know, it's important to have people on a project that can identify with what the story is so that it's not, you're not having to teach things that would be unteachable. They, they, they have gone through that. They have, their families have gone through a lot of similar things. And when I talked with her a lot, even yesterday we had our launch online and she was saying similar things about how she, how, you know, when um, in the story, one of the main characters, the girl is, starts wearing hijab for the first time, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of trauma, and there's a lot of discussion around that. And she, Shazleen, the illustrator, was talking about how that similar things happened when her sister, her younger sister, wearing, started wearing hijab. So um, 
we had a lot of really important conversations, you know, and uh, whether they were by email or in person. And um, I trusted her to do a job, a good job. And she's she's done a wonderful job, anyone. I mean, you know, you, you have to see the book to realize how amazing the art is. It's just, it's just phenomenal. I'm glad you brought up the um, the little the, one of the story points with the um, where the one of the, the the sister starts wearing the hijab. And what's interesting to me in the story is that not only was she getting reactions from those who were non-Muslim, but even her brother was yeah. had had feelings yeah. <laughs> about that. Everyone has feelings when you start doing something, you know. Sadly, <laughs> that is that is how we think we we have the we have the right to just, you know, give opinions to everything. Exactly. <laughs> but, it, but it really, it, it kind of, it solidified how when, and I'm, and it's not necessarily intentional. I just think it's part of the writing and creating these pieces is there really are kind of two audiences there. There's the stories for Muslim, Muslim Americans to see themselves, but it's also a way to dispel those stereotypes and provide an opportunity for understanding for those who are not as familiar. Yeah, you're right in that there's always um, a double um, goal in in honestly everything I write. So I, I'm, I started out a long, long, long time ago in this country as an interfaith activist. And uh, even though I don't do a lot of most of that work anymore, it's kind of um, transformed into my writing. So all that all the things I write, all the books, all the stories are kind of my way of um showcasing my life and my my culture and my religion in a way that people can understand and stereotypes can be can be removed and and if there's questions if there are questions in people's minds they can pick up a book of mine and maybe hopefully get some of those questions answered um, but obviously first and foremost the the biggest and the the most highest priority of readership or audiences is somebody like Mike Hibbs or me when I was younger. I didn't mm -hmm. grow up in this country, so a little bit different in experience, but definitely, um, you know, the Yasmin books, Yasmin is based on my daughter. A lot of uh, what I write is based on things that I have, my kids have gone through, including Saving Sunshine, which I wrote when my two children were constantly fighting with each other and I did not know how to deal. I didn't understand what had happened to them. They were friends and now they were enemies and, and how to deal with that. So all of that is in there. Well, I do know that the Yasmin series is very popular here, you know, with, with the, the young readers at our library. And now you have the, I guess it would be called the spinoff, right? With the Ali series. <laughs> yes. So that can kind of get you to reach a whole nother I mean, you know, maybe Yasmin appeal, appealed to the young girls and now Ali might appeal to the to the younger boys. You know, I hope that all the younger boys are reading Yasmin, honestly. Um, I never thought I would ever, ever write a book like Ali the Great. So, yes. So Ali is a side character in the Yasmin books. He's her friend. He's very funny and different than Yasmin. And um he is now starting this year. He's got his own series. It's exactly like the Yasmin series. In fact, it's kind of, I, I say more crossover because Yasmin and all the other characters are also in these books. Um, it's just from his perspective. So Yasmin is not the main character. She's a side character and she's not, she has a, doesn't have that much of a role. But I, yeah, it took a long time for me to get used to the idea that maybe there should be a book like this. Uh, I used to get 
starting from the first Yasmin book. FYI, for those who don't know, there are 20 Yasmin books now. I'm always shocked that people are shocked because I've been writing them for so long and people are still coming to me and saying, what, how are there so many books? There are 20 books. And uh, I would get people, especially mostly adults, no kid ever came up to me and said this, but a lot of adults, a lot of librarians, a lot of teachers would ask me to write a quote unquote boy book. And in the beginning, that would just make me very angry. And I would give them a long lecture about how there's no such thing as girl books and boy books and your little boys can read a book like Yasmin and they will love it because they all did and they would tell me that uh, when I did school visits or library visits. <laughs> I wouldn't get little boys telling me that they love Yasmin. So why were these adults saying this? And um, But I got this so much that I started thinking maybe there is a need and maybe there are boys out there who don't want to or maybe would be more um, pulled into reading. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting to me. But I finally kind of decided to let this um, try this out. And I reached, I, I reached out to my publisher, Capstone, the, the publisher that publishes the Yasmin books and said, listen, why don't we try this if you want and we'll see how it goes. And they were on board. So Ali the Great has, um, is out now. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, all those, all those teachers and librarians and parents need to get on board now and, and start getting those books. But I think you'll like them. They're, they're cool. They're, Ali's awesome. We've been talking with Sade Faruqi about her uh, recent release, her debut middle grade graphic novel, uh, Saving Sunshine, as well as how her, well, a little bit about um, Ali the Great and those first four installments that came out earlier this summer. Sadi, it has been absolutely wonderful talking with you and we cannot deceive what um, comes forth uh, in your future writing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for, for supporting me as a library and all my books. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this episode of Behind the Books. Thanks so much for Sadia Faruqi for taking time to talk to us about her writing and her new graphic novel that's going to be coming out, as well as the new Ali the Great series that has just come out at the end of last month. And then it was interesting talking to her on a couple of accounts. One is she's like a machine when it comes to churning out these books, right? Like she mentioned how when Ollie came out, she had to have four of them done at once. So she gets four books. They come out the uh, Yasmin series, which has been very popular. I hadn't even realized there's 20 books in that series already. So every time she has to churn out the books, she has to come up with four, which kind of led into something else that she talked to us about in terms of coming up with ideas for the books. We are going to link to her website in the show notes because she specifically said to us, and I can't remember if we kept this in our edited version of the conversation, that she is looking for ideas. And I said, that is an open invitation. And I let her know that we would let our listeners know that she is looking for ideas. And she does base, like her Yasmin series is, I think that some of that is based on her daughter. And she even said the saving sunshine is based on a time when her kids were her two kids were just continually fighting um so that was kind of i think one of the nuggets that the story i mean there were many other things for that story but that was one of the um elements that was incorporated into the story 
Um, but I thought, you know, I thought I really liked talking to her about kind of switching over from an illustrated, uh, you know, her her Yasmin series to a an, a true middle school graphic novel um, and discussing that and the differences and the tension that she worked with um, in that new type of project. If people reach out to her, they'll hear they'll hear back from her, right? Like she's she's very interactive with the community. She was actually showing us some some of the mail that she gets from uh, some of her, the kids who read her books, yeah. and seems like she does a lot. She's done a lot for our library. She's done a lot for many libraries and schools. So great talking to her, and also we enjoyed our conversation with Brielle, who's really hit the ground running at West Windsor. She's doing a lot of new things, trying to get the the teens involved with the library and she's doing a great job out there well and she's she is bringing that teen focus um to the west windsor branch but she's also one of the things that she mentioned was that she was kind of excited with the opportunity to expand her experience and she gets to bust out her ukulele for the song and story times uh that she does for the for the younger kids but I do, and I think her idea with the the program where she was doing it for, or the the branch was holding a program for a younger age group about public speaking, and she had patrons coming to her and asking, is there something available like this for the older school age kids? So those kids that are in middle school, teenagers, high school. And so she took that nugget and she investigated and she's bringing a person in from the Mercer County Mercer County Community College to do a, a two-part program for the teenagers of West Windsor. So I think she is, she's someone who's listening to what people want and she is trying to make that happen. So the, and the first of that two-part series will come up later this month on the 28th of September, which I think we mentioned, and you were going to link to that in the show notes as well, if people are interested in Absolutely. I will make sure I link that. to that. So two great conversations. We had a lot of fun on this episode as always, Bob, thank you for making everything come together and work beautifully. And we want to thank Sadia Faruqi as well as Brielle Papaccio again for taking the time to talk with us. And Bob, I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoyk.